0: If you set the standards in terms of timekeeping, the way you behave, the way you look, the way you
1: go about your business, the passion what you actually do, uh, what I see is the supervisors and leaders on the organization that lead by example, and they show the employee, "Hey, this is what we expect." They do it through their actions and what they're showing people on a daily basis.
0: Get that by the quality of what you do, in everything you do. You and you operate at that level, and you really leading in that level. You'll, I think. a good leader and you'll get the you'll get the uh, buy-in from from everyone who's
2: working hi everyone welcome back to the hc network podcast this is the fourth from our safety thought series and this week we're going to be taking a look back at some of our previous interviews and exploring the common themes on safety leadership that we found when talking to experts in the field our podcast is partnered with the hc global series so big shout out to them and remember that the podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify and all of your favourite platforms. Of course, we're always grateful to our podcast guests. So thank you to Brian Wedemeyer, Vice President of Global Soft Trades. Thank you to Jerry Mulholland, HSEQ Director of Amy Utilities. Thank you to Sir Clive Woodward, former England rugby coach and founder of Hive Learning. And thank you to Professor Tim Marsh of Anchor & Marsh. The basic principles of leadership have been taught for years, and to some extent learnings from different areas can be applied to leadership in a safety context. One thing that is constantly present is the idea that safety leaders must lead by example, as Brian Wedemeyer outlines.
1: Uh, What I see is the supervisors and leaders of the organisation that lead by example and they show the employee, hey this is what we expect, they do it through their actions and what they're showing people on a daily basis. Uh, those are the key leadership behaviors that we see to be most effective, and I think that happens on a number of levels. Right. Uh, first of all, I think it forces that leader to first look at himself before he goes out and tries to correct everybody else. Uh, so I think he, he becomes um, a lot more sensitive uh, to the details. I think he he gets a better understanding of what he's really asking for, because if he has to ask somebody else to do it, it's a little bit different. If he has to first go show them, uh, so that's been our, mon- our, our mantra. Uh, that's not we're not the first organization to say that, um, but we we definitely espouse. Uh, that leaders and strong leaders will lead by example and they'll show their guys and their women and their, and their folks that, that work with them and, and under them um, what they expect through their, through their personal actions.
2: So leading by example not only allows you to empathise with employees, it also helps you get them on board with what you are trying to do. Leading on from this, many question the extent to which safety is best served as a top-down approach or whether or more transformational leadership can drive higher empowerment amongst those at the grassroots level. Here Jerry Mulholland summarises. There is a need
0: for a top-down approach to begin with, but any true safety culture has what they call distributed or shared leadership, where people are actually empowered to do what they need to do, and they get the support of the leadership that sits above them. But in order to get things moving, to get the buy-in, as it were, the leader of the organisation has to make sure that things are going to happen. So that tends to be a top-down
2: approach. The word empowerment is key here. Whilst many need to start with a top-down approach, it can lead to too much of a focus on engagement, which is very different from empowerment.
1: Engagement isn't the same thing as empowerment. Engagement is, I've had an idea, what do you think? Empowerment is a much more dynamic, interactive process.
2: Thanks for the clarification there, Tim. And parallels are also found on empowerment with our interview with Sir Clive Woodward. It is essential to have trust and respect for safety leaders throughout the organisation.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm very clear that I just use two simple words, trust and respect. Mm. I mean, what, what I say to any in leadership position, um, you know, trust and respect to me is everything. But you, you don't get trust and respect by your position. Just because I'm England rugby coach or I'm you know director of sport of Team GB, that doesn't demand trust or respect. Trust and respect comes just the quality of your actions. Mm. And especially if you're on health and safety, if, you, if you're going to, you've got to really lead on this. And it may not be actually doing the actions yourself, but it's mm. actually really making sure that you've taken this part of the business really seriously. You're putting you know, mechanisms in place that's really going to deliver on health and safety and if you deliver that you'll get trust and respect in in, what, in whatever that field is and it's as straightforward than that you know i, I can you know and I, i've seen interviews about me from my players and all this sort of stuff you know and if, if someone said well you know we really trust him we respect him that's all i want to hear mm-hmm. that there to me is so, a wow okay that's you know nothing else that if, if and you can't demand that because you're the boss, mm. you get that just by the quality of your actions. Everything Brilliant. you do, everything you do, if you set the standards in terms of timekeeping, the way you behave, the way mm-hmm. you look, the way you go about your business, a passion for what you actually do. Again, going back to my my talk, you know, if I'm you know great teams make great individuals. If, if I'm the the individual will you know, yes, this person is really trying to help me, mm. and if they're really trying to help them, especially in kind of your world, your you' are making sure they're operating in a, in a, in a safe healthy environment mm. they'll they'll be fine with you they'll you know they'll respect you they'll trust you but you got to deliver you've got to just not mm. talk about it you've got to re deliver so they are my two words you know and um, but I just said to everyone you, you don't get that because that's the position you're in or that's your title it's nothing mm. to do with that you get that by the quality of what you do in everything you do you and you operate at that level and you really really leading that level you'll I think be a good leader and you'll get the, you'll get the, uh, the buy-in from, mm. from
2: everyone who's working for you. And again, getting that buy-in is linked back to leading by example. As Sir Clive states, it's not the title that commands respect, it's the actions. And these actions are paramount when it comes to developing good safety leadership. So why is safety leadership important? At the end of the day, the aim of any safety professional is to get workers home safe after a day's work. However, the figures make for troubling reading. Whilst minor incidents across the board have fallen, serious injuries and fatalities have remained the same. We asked Brian Wedemeyer whether the current approach is working.
1: No, it is, it's an interesting position we've put ourselves in for the industry because you're right, um, most reports uh, are gonna show that like you said, minor incidents are decreasing and we see this within our own company as a microcosm. Uh, those, those get driven lower and lower and lower and lower. And so now we, we, we're amassing millions of man hours with no recordable incidents. And I think the interesting situation that's happening uh, within our industry is even though we're seeing that, we're seeing massive um, you know, events, and we're seeing fatalities on the increase, and that the data supports what you've just said. Uh, one thing that I'm concerned about um, is, is as we drive the incident rate lower and lower and lower, there's more and more pressure on the supervisors and the frontline leadership and the employee themselves um, to almost continue to support that effort i e be less honest when something happens so hey we've've we 've we've surpassed ten million safe work hours. You know How likely is that employee um, to report an incident at that point now that everybody 's been celebrating these big wins and these achievements um, so as a leader, now you have to be sensitive to that and you have to uh, continue to encourage folks to, hey, we have to keep our communications open. Uh, we have to continue to execute on the basis. And then we can't overreact because we have a minor incident rate um, and, then, and then lose our guard because we have to understand the fatality and these other severe threats are still out there. They didn't go away, right? And so um, that's a very real concern certainly within our organization and, and, and the industries that, that we deal with. Um, and that, that is a very real discussion that, that I've had with my president CEO um, they're, they're keen on the fact that um, good leaders also will get out in the field and they try to get to ground truth to try to break through those communications issues that of kind of touched on earlier.
2: Perhaps the idea of empowerment, then, must be approached with caution. As Ryan suggests, giving those at lower supervisory levels more empowerment could lead to pressure being put on individuals to deliver more favourable results. This is why good safety leadership is crucial throughout the organisation. If you've got any questions you think the experts can lend a help on answering, uh, make sure you get in touch with us. Our uh, LinkedIn is the HC Network. You can also get in touch with us on our website, hcnetwork.com, and our email, which is info at networkcom